Put your shit down. Thank you. We have to get Austin a little like fidget toy. Like he's, you know, seven years old because he literally plays with things. So if you guys ever hear little noises when it's my episode, it's Austin messing with shit. Or Leonard. <laughs> it's Don't blame it all you. on you. No. <laughs> like I have to take things away from Austin and Leonard. And then he even bought these fidget toys. He fidgeted with them so much that he broke them. <laughs> Like, what? We need to get one of those <laughs> pop toys from, like, TikTok that all, like, <laughs> seven-year-olds have. <laughs> Hello, beautiful bastards. <laughs> No, what I expected. <laughs> Welcome to a side of homicide. I am Austin, and I'm Tennille. So, you beautiful bastard, how was your week? <laughs> um, it's been good. My beautiful friend and my beautiful bastard friend Anna came from Omaha to visit us, and yes. it was really fun. We all got together. You finally got to meet her. I am excited. I finally got to meet her because she is also our graphic design person for our podcast mm -hmm. so it was really awesome and then yesterday what did we do well Tennille asked me to come with her to get her tattoo like I kind of want to check it out too and well turns out one of the other artists had like a walk-in availability so I got a cat looking through a glass of red wine on my arm it is so cute it I'm is really cute it. it is really cute so anyways, though, how has your week been? Uh, my week was good. I So like you said, your tattoo, I'll say mine. I got one of um, an outline of Leonard's kind of like ears and the top of his head and then just his name under it. Um, and it's super cute, but it's looking crusty right now because it's in the <laughs> healing process. <laughs> it look real crusty. Mine yeah. isn't that bad, but. Yeah, mine has like a lot more ink on it. And so it's looking really crusty. And so another thing is I've been watching my boss's dogs and they're two Yorkies and I love them. One of them's kind of crusty. Yeah, one of them's 14 and she's kind of crusty, but I love her. <laughs> <laughs> and they are so cute. And so I got to sit out on his patio today and just kind of chill with them for a little bit. Oh. Yeah. And then I'm kind of like spewing out all the random shit that happened this week. But Peanut's dad that we still don't know the name of is yeah. so bad. <laughs> But he made us some bomb-ass cookies. They were so good. I mean, Austin and I ate so many, like, in the first five minutes yeah. of getting the bag. <sighs> but they were delicious. They were so you good. You know, and we even tried to figure out his name by, like, going on the directory in the front of the building. Did you just regurgitate that? <laughs> I think he did. I <laughs> 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 Uh, we tried looking at their directory in the front of the building, but it wasn't updated. Yeah. And I Which mean, is weird because he's lived there forever. Forever. Like, I've lived here longer than him, but he probably came a year after me. But I just, I don't know why it's not updated. Maybe he doesn't care. Yeah. Because he lives on the first floor, so he can have visitors just come directly to him instead of going through the building. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I just, I feel so bad. But maybe he doesn't know our names. So Yeah, that's true. I'm okay with that. And then... So the birds have been attacking on my patio, and I don't know why, because I've had birds a few times now nest, and they've left me alone, because it's yeah. like, I leave them alone, they leave me alone, 
we chill, like it's fine. And they let me come out there and water all my plants that I have out there. Not these ones. No. For some fucking reason, as soon as those little birdies hatched, the birds were like, we are no longer friends. Well, and I got a text from Tennille in our group chat that was like, guys, updates, guys, update. The birds are not nice. And I was like, okay. I was like, you're a little dramatic. Cause I like, I watched Mm -hmm. them last year. They were fine. Yeah. But yeah, she had me come over and swat the birds away so she could water her flowers. And I'm not even kidding you. They will get like two inches from your face. Yes. Dive bomb you. And then. Yeah. They do a little weird hiss. It's fucking weird. And I mean, people are probably like looking at us like, what the fuck is happening up there? Because we look wild. Yeah. Well, because I was scared. You were scared. You Mm -hmm. were screaming. (laughs) And Leonard's barking. (laughs) It was just a hot mess. It really was. So I haven't gone out there today because I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to wait till maybe like 11 o'clock at night, hoping that they're like sleeping. Yeah. And then go out there. But, I mean, it's still scary. And not only that, they, like, get their friends to get involved. Yeah, there was, like, four of them last night swarming us. And it's like, guys, I just want to water my plants. (laughs) I ain't going to touch your babies. It's not going to happen. It's okay. But it it, it was scary. It was. I'm still kind of nervous about it. But anyways, I guess that's all the excitement that I had this week. So, I guess we can get on into... Tennille's True Crime News. Hosted by Tennille Turner. Commentary by Austin. The Olds. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. This one isn't super true crime related, but it made me so sad. And it's actually one of my like worst fears. So I really wanted to talk about it. Um, A boy had died at an adventure park very recently. So according to KCRG, in Atluna, Iowa, a boy named Michael Jaramillo, who was 11 years old, has died after receiving fatal injuries from a raft ride that had flipped over on the raging river at Adventureland. So this raft was like big enough to have other riders on it. Okay. Um, I'm going to actually just show you a picture right now so you know what I'm talking about. Okay, because please do. I'm pretty sure you've been on one of these. At least I have. Uh, no. Uh, this right here. Yeah, no. Oh, really? Do you, did you not go to much adventure parks when you were younger? No. Oh, okay. I refused to go to them. Really? Yeah. Why? They freaked me out. Even as a kid? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So they have that at um, Valley Fair. So I've been on that. Yeah. See, I just play the ripoff games and then go home. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so for those riders that like um, were on there, they were also injured because that raft flipped over oh. like on a, on top. Yep. And so four of those riders had been hospitalized and then three of them are in critical condition. And his brother, David, who is 16 years old, was on the ride with Michael. And David is in a medically induced coma right now. Yeah. And so it's just like, you know, those parents lost one child and there's a potential possibility they might lose another. And that's just so, so sad. Yeah. David and Michael's father whose also name is David, was also on the raft with them. You know, he probably just brought him over to the adventure park for like a fun day. And the sad thing is, obviously, it ended how it did. But um, we got a quote from David, the father. And he stated, when it flipped over, all of us were trapped in the seats and the seatbelts. I see the silhouette of my sons trying to grab each other, grab us. They want us to help them. We couldn't do it. 
because they were all seat belted in. Oh, see, that's that's yeah. And this is the second death at this ride in the last five years. Oh, no. The first death was in 2016 when a worker that was helping riders in and out of the rafts had died after falling onto the conveyor belt of moving rafts. No. Isn't that like some, some like final destination shit right there? Yeah. Like I simply can't. Oh, it just, that freaks me out. So a GoFundMe was set up to help raise money for this family because they're going to have a lot of medical costs and a funeral cost at that too. Right, right. Okay, this one is pretty sad. I don't know a lot of details on it because it sounds like it just happened. But a young boy's remains were found in a freezer. According to WTVR, Dina Weaver, who is 48, and Cass Weaver, who is 49, who are a married couple, lived in Lake Point townhomes in Chesterfield County, Virginia. So it's known as like a quiet, small community. Nothing like this ever happens. There's not really high crime there. Uh, The couple had lived there since 1999. So they've been there for a long time. So according to neighbors, the couple is a very private couple and they didn't go out much. um, So they didn't, you know, see them coming and going anywhere very much. They just went to work, went home. Sounds like pretty much it. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, no, it really doesn't because we go out quite a bit. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's true. Like they didn't really do anything. Yeah. So Chesterfield police searched the Weaver's home after a tip came in stating that they should search the Weaver's home for a body of their youngest son. So weird thing is, I don't know who this tipster was. And they might have just tipped anonymously. So it's got to be somebody close to the family that either saw something or knew something. That's so weird. Right? So their son's name is Elil Adon Weaver, and he went by Adon. And so while they searched, they found his body in a freezer inside of the home. So it wasn't Whoa. in the garage. It was in the home somewhere. So the Weavers have another son who is obviously now in foster care. And he was older than his youngest brother. And the Weavers uh, have both been charged with conspiracy to conceal a body and failing to render aid to a child. The police believe that the boy's body has been in the freezer for up to two years. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And they are unsure of his age at the time. But they do believe he was at least under the age of five years old. So the cause and manner of death still remains under investigation because this is a very fresh case that I came upon. But it's like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. You know, because if it was an accidental death, all you have to call is like 911 and, you know, explain what happened. So what happened? Yeah, something not. Yeah. So hopefully they'll figure it out and I can do another follow up on on that case. But it was just kind of strange, you know. Okay, so the next one here, this one's really sad. I like to talk about stories that are, you know, kind of different. And I haven't talked about this kind of story before, so I thought it would be kind of good to talk about. A woman was gunned down after refusing to marry her cousin in a horrific honor killing in Syria. Because, you know, over there they have a lot of arranged marriages. It's a lot of in-the-family cousin marriages. So according to the son, bear with me on the name, Ida... Al Hamoudi Al Saidu, who was 18 years old, had attempted to run away with her lover, but her family and tribe followed her because she was not allowed to marry anybody but this cousin that they oh. had chosen. So there was footage of the incident, but I did not watch it. Yeah, good. And she was supposedly seen in the video being dragged by three men. And I do have a like a clip from the video that was like screenshotted. Mm-hmm. And so I do have that posted nothing gory no blood is in it nothing like that and so 
She was being dragged by three men who were carrying guns and she was screaming for help in the video. And then she was seen lying on the ground and it, and it appears that she was struggling to get up. And then a man just points a gun at her head and shoots her oh. and she dies. Mm-hmm. And they call this an honor killing in their country, which is so sad. Like I know that each country has like customs and, you know, cultures and That's different cruel. beliefs, but like, this is wrong. It's it's like brutal. in every single country and belief and everything like this, it should be wrong. It should be illegal. That poor, poor girl. Mm-hmm. She was only 18 years old. And she just didn't want to marry her cousin. No. And who <laughs> can blame her? Oh, shit. If we had to marry our cousins, goddamn. <laughs> so it's just really sad. And I just feel so sorry for her. She had so much life, you know, ahead of her. And it was taken by her own family Absolutely. and her own tribe. So it was really sad. Okay, so this next one is very interesting. Sad, but interesting. Of course, they always are. Yeah. Uh, A teen's body was found in the wall of his stepfather's home. According to the Baltimore CBS local, Desan Jones, who was 15 years old, was found deceased inside the wall of a home that was owned by his stepfather and Baltimore City police officer, Eric Banks Jr., Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? He's a cop, too. Hmm. So he is 34 years old, and the police were doing a search of the house at the request of Desan's mother, and when searching, they came across the body in the loft on the top floor. So he did, a, like, a shit job trying to conceal it yeah. because there was a hole in the wall with, like, a white cover leaning on it, and he tried telling the police that it was, like, for a gun safe, but obviously the police were like, okay, well, we'll double-check that. Yeah, well, obviously. <laughs> yes, and then they found the teen's body. Eric Banks Jr. was then put under arrest, obviously, and before being taken from the home, Eric allegedly pleaded to kiss his children goodbye, and then he even attempted to grab an officer's gun and told them that they would have to end this. Yeah. And police have stated that the death is suspicious, but they have not released the cause of death. And obviously that takes time. Yeah. So we probably won't know for a while. But it's not looking too good for him. Nope. And clearly he knows he's going to be in trouble because why would he act all suicidal? Like he wanted to have a right, right. A Ex- cop kill him. Exactly. You know, and the sad thing is, I bet like he knew those cops. Mm-hmm. So it's like, like, what the hell happened? Mm hmm. Uh, This is my last one. This one is out of Fargo. Yes. Uh, This one's actually kind of depressing. So a man stabs his wife after she told him she wanted a divorce. So. She doesn't want you anymore, man. According to Valley News Live, on July 7th, 2021, Fargo police responded to the Wingate Hotel for a report of a stabbing. James Bogart, who is 75 years old, had stabbed his wife with broken scissors. And it was at the top of her right shoulder and lower neck. So he could have done some damage, like serious damage, if he like hit an artery. And he stated he did this because she told him that she wanted to get a divorce. And this next part is a little odd. So like, bear with me. And it's kind of sad. Yeah. It was reported that James told police that he and his wife had been married for four years. And during that time, they had traveled around the U.S. and Europe, which, you know, great, right? Yeah. But then he continues and says to hide from her brother. And he said that his wife's brother is a member of a Severian citizen group and that he is trying to kill his wife because she, quote, knows too much. Okay, well, he just tried to kill his wife. Yeah. And he also mentioned that 
he and his wife sleep in shifts and set up alarm systems to protect themselves from this group. Okay. Sadly, James did admit to police that he believes he might be suffering from dementia. Oof. Yeah, that was the sad part. So it's like, he obviously knows something isn't right. Yeah. You know, and that's why it's kind of sad because it's like, did any of that even happen to him? That's true. You know? So it's like, clearly he needs a little more help than just jail. And hopefully they get that for him. Yeah. Because as of right now, I mean, he was obviously arrested for aggravated assault, domestic violence, and was taken to the Cass County Jail. But I really hope that he just gets some help. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, when you have dementia, you're just not in control. You no, don't know what you're doing. No. You know, so that could have just been a violent outburst from dementia. Absolutely. So that was really sad. I was hoping he was just an asshole, you know? Cause yeah. Yeah becomes you know mental illness illness it's just sad yeah so yeah but anyways that's all i've got for you today well, thank you for ending on such a fucking depressing i know <laughs> the case i'm going to be discussing today it'll make you a little happier it's not so sad because the only person that dies is the bad guy good a little fluffy death. yeah so like not too terrible because he did it to himself so yeah so let's get on into it no right Okay, so you have you heard of the case of Marvin Hemeyer, a.k.a. the Killdozer? Uh, briefly. I didn't recognize the name, but you told me briefly about it yesterday, mm -hmm. and I, I had heard of it before. See, I hadn't heard of his actual name. I just realized I knew what it was from Killdozer. Yeah, yeah. So Marvin Hemeyer was born in 1951 in South Dakota, Ooh, so not too far from us. Not too far. But in the early 1990s, he decided to move to Colorado. So people in that community stated that he was fairly jovial and he was a blue collar guy who was just trying to make a living for himself. Just an average guy. Absolutely. And Marvin, who was 52 at the time of this incident, uh, lived in Granby, Colorado, and he owned a small welding shop near town and he mainly repaired mufflers. So just a small town guy just doing his thing. So... He ended up purchasing the land that his welding shop was located on. Uh, and that was for around $42,000, which cheap. But that was, you know, back in 1990s. Yeah, I was going to say. And it was for two acres of land, kind of like my parents when they bought their farm. Yep. It was pretty cheap. Yep. And the welding shop was built in 1992. So according to all that is interesting, he had agreed to sell the land to a concrete company to build a plant. And they had negotiated back and forth and both sides had difficulty on an agreeable purchase price, which that's kind of normal for that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, they offered him $250,000, which is, you know, much higher than the 42,000 he paid for. Absolutely. And, but then he decided, you know what? I want more money. So he counter offered with $375,000. So it sounded like they were going to settle on the $375,000, which is awesome, right? Really? But no. Marvin got greedier and wanted even more money. Mm -hmm. And so instead, the concrete plan opted to pursue its zoning rights and just stopped trying to make a deal with Marvin and just pulled out. Yeah. Because there was no, you know, signed deal or anything. They were just negotiating at the yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely. I don't blame them. I understand as a business they need to make those decisions and if he's being difficult fuck him yeah exactly they'll just go somewhere else yes and in 2001 the city approved construction of the concrete plant and then zoning the land next to marvin's for it so marvin was super upset like he was fucking pissed about this because yeah. he had been 
technically illegally using the land for the last nine years is a shortcut between his home and his muffler shop. <laughs> so technically, I mean, it wasn't his. Yeah. So that's why they were trying to buy the land. So he didn't have this issue because they knew what he was doing. Yeah. But he just made it difficult and just fucked it up himself. Yeah. So he petitioned for the city to have the property rezoned to prevent the construction of the plant, but it was rejected. Imagine that. Yes. So even though Marvin's zoning petition was dismissed or denied, I should say, uh, by the zoning commission, if he wanted to, he could have just petitioned them again and then waited for another response. But no, he decided to take matters into his own hands and did not petition again. (laughs) (laughs) So by this time, it was around 2003 and he had been fighting with the city for around three years. So, I mean... It is obviously frustrating for him. I kind of get why he's upset, but maybe he shouldn't have been so greedy. You know, he could have sold his land and just left. Yeah. So Marvin owned a Komatsu. 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 Is that right? Yep. Okay. D355A bulldozer. And he had originally bought this with the intent to use it to create an alternative route to his muffler shop. But instead, he decided to armor it with plates. And what I mean by that is, like, he covered the cabin, the engine, and even parts of the tracks. And, I mean, I can't say that he wasn't creative because he fucking was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And he even created the armor himself. And he used a concrete mix poured between sheets of steel. And some of it was over a foot thick. Damn. Yeah. So, I mean, he really took the time to do this. Yeah. So since his armor had covered so much of the cabin, he couldn't see out of the vehicle. Yeah. And so he installed a video camera and mounted it to the exterior. (laughs) And then he covered it with three-inch bulletproof plastic. And then inside the cabin, he had like two computer monitor type things. And then he could see the camera footage on those. Yeah. So he was all set up. He even installed air jets to blow the dust off the camera so he could continue to see through them. <laughs> yeah. Like, he legit was thinking of everything. Yeah, though. he thought it all I out. Mean, he I mean, he legit planned this down to the T. So now, this this next part here, I would have done this too. Okay? I mean, I can't blame him. He also installed two fans and an air conditioner to keep him cool. <laughs> <laughs> some crazy shit so you gotta keep cool fair enough fair enough (laughs) and i know you would have approved that too because like we do not like the heat oh no i blast my ac 24 7 like i just i blasted mine the last hour and i just turned it off so it didn't pick up on the recording yeah but like i i i feel this yeah this part so the next part not so much okay so he had three gun ports And one was for a 50 caliber rifle, a 308 semi-automatic, and a 22 long rifle. So probably not the best idea, but like he did it anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So once Marvin had sealed himself into the cabin, it would have actually been impossible to get out, according to police. <laughs> um, and they didn't think he wanted to get out. The police didn't. Oh, yeah, so I suppose. this was because he had to have the armored shell lowered down onto the vehicle for the cabin using a custom crane he had built. So once he was, it was lowered to the vehicle, you know, he legit could not get back out. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, again, he really is thinking. Yeah. 
And it took Marvin about a year and a half to complete this project. Yeah. <laughs> That's some dedication. Serious dedication. So, I mean, he had a lot of thinking time before he decided to go through with the next part of his plan. Yeah. So the, I don't think there was any stopping him at all. Yeah, that's true. So now, obviously, it is called the Killdozer. <laughs> On June 4th, 2004, this was the day he decided to seal himself inside. And he um, then drove off directly through his shop wall. Oh, okay. <laughs> then Fuck he, it. Yeah. Then he went over and, like, plowed through that concrete plant that he hated. <laughs> And you think that he would, like, stop after he destroyed the concrete plant? Because, like, that was his issue all along. Like, yeah. he hated them. Yeah. But no. He he was like, no, I, I still am mad. I'm still going to do more. <laughs> so he then decided to plow through Town Hall, a newspaper office, and a former judge slash mayor, mayor's home. I couldn't tell. Okay. I heard it was a judge, but then I also heard it was mayor. Maybe they're both. Okay. But he was actually dead, so it was his widow's home. Oh, <laughs> And then a hardware store, the library, and a few other homes. So in the end, the authorities did figure out that every business or home he had, like, bulldozed, he had some connection. To. Okay. So, for example, the town hall is where they rejected his zoning issues. Yep. The newspaper office, which was called Sky High News, published a number of editorials critical of Marvin's side of the zoning <laughs> issue. And the home of that former judge slash mayor was also invo involved in that whole matter. Yeah. So he was just like, fuck y'all. I'm going to get my revenge. So while he plowed through the newspaper office, employees could be seen fleeing from the building <laughs> out the back door <laughs> as Marvin came through the front wall. So according to CPR, Patrick Brower, who was an editor and publisher at the time, was inside the building with another journalist when the killdozer took a sharp right and slammed into the front wall. And Patrick Brower has even written a book about this incident called Killdozer. Well, imagine that. And I'll be posting pictures, obviously, of all of this and the damage that he did to the town on social media. Because it's, it's wild. <laughs> so throughout Marvin's rampage, police attempted to shoot at Marvin, but it was no use because he really yeah. <laughs> did his due diligence on making this thing. So they even looked for gaps in the armor and tried to take out the cameras. But again, they weren't able to because it was bulletproof plastic. Yeah. And this, I shouldn't laugh at this, but it's kind of funny. A sheriff's deputy like jumped on top of the bulldozer. And his name is Glenn Trainer, And he had tried to climb up on top of the vehicle. And he is seen on the vehicle. Yeah. And attempted to like look for a gap in the armor closer. Yeah. So that he could either, you know, drop in a flashbang grenade or even fire a shot at the driver. Yeah. No. He actually had to jump off because Marvin kept driving through buildings. <laughs> so, so he couldn't stay. So Marvin did shoot at police, but thankfully, like, nobody was hurt. Yeah. Like, nobody died or anything. Well, how, did, how could he see to shoot at them? He has his cameras. Why well, no, but isn't there just one on the front? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're facing... You, oh, okay. And you could move the camera. I mean, you can... Yeah, that's true. You that's know, true. you can do it. So he even shot at like police vehicles and propane tanks, but thankfully the propane tanks didn't explode. That would have caused a lot more damage. Yeah. But the entire situation lasted slightly over two hours. Jesus. Yeah. Imagine being in that town, being like, 
Who's a fucking bulldozer just On the loose. taking people out? That's some West crack shit, to it be really honest. It is, actually. <laughs> I can picture that I could happening just, here. I could just see you texting me, hey, Austin, there's a bulldozer on the loose. Yeah, I'd be like, watch out. <laughs> okay, sounds good. I'd be like, go get Max, but be careful. <laughs> <laughs> so Marvin caused such a panic that um, the governor considered authorizing the National Guard to attack with Apache helicopters <laughs> and an anti-tank missile, which I don't blame them. Yeah. They couldn't take him out. Right. But it was in place to happen, but then Marvin had wedged himself in like a basement of a hardware store and was stuck on the foundation. <laughs> and then also there was a puncture to the killdozer's radiator, so he was going down. Oh, my. Yeah, sad, right? And so police started to surround the killdozer, but heard a single gunshot. Ooh. Marvin ended up completing suicide with a gunshot to the head while he was still inside the cabin. The police were unable to get inside the cabin still, even after he was yeah. dead, obviously. So they had to use an oxyacetylene cutting torch. So just a torch. Uh, yeah. I don't know how to say it. Uh, to get through the armor and to retrieve Marvin's body. Oh my. So they did. Like I mentioned, thankfully, nobody else was hurt in this attack. This was thanks to a reverse 911 system that was used to notify residents of Marvin and what he was doing so that they could evacuate in time. Yeah. And for example, the library had been occupied by a children's group until it was evacuated by police just before Marvin destroyed it. Oh my. How scary is that? Well, especially yeah. when you have kids and you like know they're out and about like on a field trip that day. Yeah. And that happens. It's like, holy shit. So Marvin did end up destroying a total of 13 buildings. Jesus. Causing $7 million worth of damage. And so police ended up searching Marvin's home and found notes and audio tapes that stated Marvin's motivations. Here's a quote from Marvin, and it's interesting. He says, I think God will bless me to get the machine done, to drive it, to do stuff that I have, or to do the stuff that I have to do. God bless me in advance for the task that I am about to undertake. It is my duty. God has asked me to do this. It's a cross that I am going to carry, and I am carrying it in God's name. You know, quote. <laughs> I don't think God personally asked you, but... Literally, I have in my notes just my little two cents here. I really don't think God would approve of this, my dude. Yeah. Because... You're scaring people and terrorizing the town but and damaging things. You know, it might have just been cheaper to rezone the property. Yeah, or just <laughs> leave. <laughs> just a little side note here. Uh, there were people that were in Marvin's shop over the last year and never really noticed that he was bu building that killdozer. <laughs> but I mean, when you're in a shop, there's shit everywhere. Yeah, that's you know? true. Like, if you've ever been in that kind of shop, it's just stuff is everywhere. Well, and you see it, and how are you supposed to know what yeah. it, you know? Like, you don't know what he's doing. Maybe he's doing that to make some kind of fun machine. You don't know. Well, it was a fun machine. To but... him, it was. <laughs> <laughs> so, state officials did end up taking the killdozer apart and sold it for scrap and sent it to dozens of different scrapyards because they didn't want admirers of Marvin's attempting to take a piece of it. Yeah. Which, good for them to think of that ahead of time and, and do that, because he has a lot of supporters, surprisingly. Yeah. So, sadly, there were a lot of people that admired his work. So, websites, social media groups, and online forums have stated Marvin as a blue-collar folk hero. Oh, my God. Yeah. Someone who, quote, rose up against the wealthy and the powerful. 
But I'm sorry, that's far from the truth. He was a white middle-aged man who didn't get his way and had a terrible temper tantrum. Exactly. So there was also a Netflix documentary made, and it is called Tread. So not Killdozer. Mm-hmm. I was kind of surprising that they called it Tread, but maybe it's because, you know, there was that book that was called Killdozer <laughs> already. And I mean, yeah. this case is pretty much known for it. Yeah. But it was pretty interesting, so you guys should check it out. But yeah, that is my Killdozer story. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I didn't have a ton of information other than that because obviously there weren't any deaths of other people. Yeah. So it's like, okay, you know, I I get why there wasn't more information, but... But it was entertaining. It was interesting, that's for sure. So we can now get on to our dog and cat fact. Uh, While Austin looks up his kitty fact, I will do my dog fact. So I did another one on chihuahuas because I love my land. So... Like human babies, chihuahuas are born with a soft spot on their skull, which closes with age. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. And I wonder if Leonard's is like the same or not, because he is kind of a mutt. He's a mix. I actually did a DNA test on him, and I should be getting results back soon. But I I believe he's like a terrier chihuahua mix. So I wonder if that's the same when they're a mix, if it still has the soft head or not. But I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. So... So my cat fact for today is cats mark you as their territory when they rub their faces and body against you. Oh. As they have scent glands in those areas. I like that because Max does that. He does it all I the love time. It. Him and I have this like face rubbing thing we do every time we see each other. <laughs> I love him. I always give you so much shit for I it love too. Him. He's such a honey. Okay, so if you guys want to follow us on Facebook at a side of homicide or follow us on Instagram at side of homicide or email us at side of homicide at hotmail.com. And if you'd be so kind to leave us a nice, sweet and lovely review on Apple podcasts, we would love you forever. Yes, 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 please. All right. So that's all we have for you today. Stay paranoid. Stay paranoid. Bye. Bye.